Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome back to another episode of Kitchen Club with me, Sarah Malcolm, and my wonderful friend, Sabrina Lauf. Hello! Kitchen Club is the weekly podcast that brings you conversations from around our kitchen table. Each week brings a new guest, a new area of expertise to get stuck into, and a new recipe created with our guests' three all-time favourite ingredients. We also ask our guests to share their healthy habit, which is something that enhances their well-being, which we then dive into a little deeper. This week, we are chatting to Jordan Ashley, yoga teacher and founder of Soul Journey Yoga, a non-profit organization who hosts global retreats to raise awareness and funds for girls' education in developing countries. I have known Jordan personally for a few years now, so it was a pleasure to have her on. And just a disclaimer, we do speak about our what was then upcoming retreat to Sri Lanka, which sadly wasn't able to go ahead due to what's happening right now. Currently, over 130 million girls around the world are denied an education, which also means they're denied the chance to improve their overall health, income, quality of life, and the ability to empower themselves with endless opportunities. So even though a lot of what we discuss with Jordan about Soldier and Yoga's retreat isn't relevant as we speak, it's still an incredibly important conversation. And the work that Jordan has been doing is pretty groundbreaking one that will be back in full spirit and full force when we can all rejoice again. Yes, absolutely. We do also have lots of laughs in this one. It was quite a giggly one. And I know I say this most episodes, but I really do think the food we had with Jordan was the best yet. We weren't super excited by her ingredients, but Serena came up with something pretty special when we recorded this back in early March. And Jordan's healthy habit is one we can all still do now. So we do hope you try it out. So here is Jordan Ashley on Kitchen Club. Hi, Jordan. Welcome to Kitchen Club. Thank you so much for having me today in your delicious kitchen. In a delicious kitchen. I like Mm. that. Um, Yeah, welcome, Jordan. Such a pleasure having you. We've just eaten lunch. Yeah, let's start with the food. Go on, Jordan. Tell us your three favourite ingredients. Straight in. Avocado, chickpeas, rose. 
And Rose is a real curveball. It is, isn't it? We didn't were, know what we were going to do no. with that. <laughs> and Serena, I'm going to say you've brought it around so beautifully. What was what was it about those three ingredients that made you choose those over email, Jordan? Well, as a um, native California girl, um, avocado has always been a staple in my diet from a very early age. So I'm a huge, huge fan of anything with avocado. I'm the person who will always ask for extra um, (laughs) at any given opportunity. Chickpeas, I think, are delicious and can be crunchy and flavorful. And, you know, it has like a, a nice kind of gravitas to it for lack of a better <laughs> for lack of like a better word uh they're delicious and rose is all also always been a favorite because there's something a little bit exotic and mystical and very elegant and yeah fresh about about something sweet and delicious with rose mm, it reminds me of like morocco vibe i was gonna say it i think it's very like arabian princess like yeah. like washes in rose water <laughs> That's really how I fancy myself. (laughs) I was like, thanks, Sarah, because I'm going to use this as toner after we've used it for the recipe. Yeah, see, there you go. So I'm very excited about my rose water. Multi-use from Steenbergs. There's rose water. Um, So... I actually, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I wasn't that keen about your ingredients, Jordan. Like, not keen. <laughs> Me too. Like, not that excited. The rose. Because I, I, don't, I don't think I like the flavour of rose normally. But what we just had, everything about that was absolutely mm. delicious. It was epic. And kismet was that you made tacos. What is What's kismet? Because you said this to me yesterday and I, I was going to reply being like, huh? Like serendipity, like meant to be. Like, it's kismet. Ah, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, so Serena, tell us, tell us what you made. So I, I was going to say I don't like to toot my own trumpet. I actually love to toot my own trumpet. <laughs> I think that that was our best kitchen club meal so far. I would hands down agree. I agree as well. But I'm also, you know, a little biased. But you know, <laughs> I'm really digging what we just ate. Tell us. So we had. We'll get we'll get to the the funny story about the tacos afterwards. We had tacos with some crispy gem lettuce, some pickled red cabbage, roasted charred cauliflower, crispy paprika chickpeas. Well, they were meant to be crispy. They weren't that crispy. They were delicious. But they were like sweet and salty. They were nice. They were sweet and salty and spicy, but they weren't as crunchy as I would have liked. What else was on there? Some avocado and some chimichurri sauce, which has left us all with very shallotty breath. But it was, I think that was the star of the show. The Definitely. And then some Susie's hot, hot sauce. Yeah. Hot in from Antigua. Hot sauce life. Mm. And the funny, the funny story. Tell me, you tell us the funny story. Okay. The hysterical story about the tacos. Just you wait, guys. Um, so <laughs> Serena sent me this lovely image of what we wanted to be. And I was like, right, I'll go to Whole Foods and I get these really nice, um, actually I went to Plant Organics, Whole Foods didn't have them. Really nice blue soft shell tacos. And I was really excited about them. And then I lugged them to Serena's only to find that they'd all broken in my bag so hooray so Serena had the wise idea being the great chef that she is to make our own and thank goodness we did because they Mm. were absolutely delicious they were Sarah made I'm gonna say the most perfect chapatis I've ever had (laughs) they were absolutely divine so it was like a chapati taco Mm. I'm gonna make them every time yeah they took no time at all what 15 minutes yeah so make your own delicious and then pudding the rose which we were all 
a bit iffy about. I'm sorry. But I think I think we turned it around. We had rose water chocolate truffles. Um, but I used as the base the delicious lint chocolate that has the freeze-dried raspberries in. So like rose and raspberry chocolate truffles. So good. Mm. And now it turns out I like rose. <laughs> there you go. You learn something yeah. every day. I know. Thank you, Jordan, for Thank inspiring you. A, an incredible dish so delicious and bringing new flavors it to me oh yeah i feel like avocado is a bit basic but i feel like because of my heritage like <laughs> i'm allowed to and so everyone loves it, it. that's true and jordan said to us did you guys know that did you guys make tacos because i'm from la and we were like no that was my jordan impression it was kismet kismet all right so jordan you are a yoga teacher you also have the absolutely phenomenal company charity organization called soul Gen. so we want to start by asking how yoga came into your life and not just like the asana practice but i feel like you're someone who really embodies yoga in the full sense not just moving your body so tell us a little bit about your your journey into it so from uh, an early age, uh, I was exposed to yoga from from my mom. And my mom and I would go to yoga together. And it was something that we did, especially post my parents' divorce. It was an activity that we could do with one another. Um, and it was something that I really loved to do, especially try to emulate her holding down dog. And my arms would always like, tire out <laughs> in, in moments. Um, and I think just from that exposure, especially around like 9, 10, that then because once again, going to liberal, you know, California, you know, um, schools, you know, we then had, um, I then was able to get out of PE and do yoga independently wow. as independent study. <laughs> and then cool. later it was actually offered at my high school, which is really hilarious. Um, yeah, that's what happens when you, when you grow up in la la land. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, for me, I think, the physical aspect kind of comes and goes. It's not really, it's, it's a part of my life, but I wouldn't say it's, it's the ultimate. I really think it's about this idea of union of connectivity and really about being like a kind and compassionate person. Because if you can do a perfect handstand and you're not nice, then are you really a practitioner of yoga? You're just a person who can do a quote unquote perfect handstand. Does it mean that you're, that you're a true yogi? And I think you know, being a part of the yoga community and then also, you know, being a part of the global community, we have to really take a look at why, what is the point? What is the point of it? What is the point of, of, of the yoga if it's not to spread more loving kindness? That was beautiful. I love that. And I actually couldn't agree more. It's something that I really struggle with, with the London yoga scene, that it's all about the handstand. And I've never, I've never like, I've never been strong, flexible naturally. And it annoys me that people, you know, who are like born really flexible think that they're like these dreamy yogis. And like, sure, some of them are, but it's about more than that. And people forget that yeah. because they just see it as exercise often in the Western world, I think. And I think you, Serena, can also, that is massive for you because having had a injury from practicing yoga. Because I was practicing it wrong because I was treating it like exercise, not like a mindset, a lifestyle, yeah. if you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you always have that mentality or when did that switch for you when 
when you were nine, 10 practicing with your mum, when did that switch and be like, oh, yoga is more than the physical stretchy, stretchy. Yeah. So I feel really fortunate my mom is my best friend and I know that sounds a little cheesy but I feel really blessed yeah moms are I guess I should say mine is too (laughs) love you Franks (laughs) moms are great you know um my mom was always of the mindset of of giving back from a very very early age and for her it's always been about animal rescue and saving you know dogs and cats I remember even at two three our neighbors, um, the stray cat had kittens in our neighbor's yard and the neighbor was such a meanie and he wouldn't let us go in to, to get them. So my mom physically like dug a tunnel and pulled out each kitten one by one, uh, to, to rescue them. And that was something she would always do if we were, you know, driving and she, you know, we'd see a stray dog, she'd put it in the car and, you know, take it and rehabilitate it. I love your mom. (laughs) She's great. No, she's, she's wonderful. Um, and so that was something that she really instilled in me from, from as long as I can remember about, you know, not to sound redundant, but about, you know, being kind and, and about giving back to, to something, especially, you know, a creature who, who doesn't, you know, who need, who needs a little bit of, of extra, of extra support. And that goes into human beings too. Yes, it does. Very, very, very much so. It's interesting how it then, for me, it manifested into girls' education and using, you know, yoga to support that around the world. And my mom very much has um, a very amazing, successful uh, animal sanctuary in, in Los Angeles. And for her, that's that's what inspires her. Wow, that's special. Tell us about Soul Gen, actually. You sort of briefly mentioned girls' education and, and that, but tell us about Soul Gen, which is your amazing non-profit which you're very much a part of I am (laughs) I'm saying this like I don't know anything about it (laughs) you have to pretend you don't know I don't know that much so I so tell me so in 2016 I launched a charity called Sojourn Yoga it's a play off the word sojourn which means abbreviated travel and the idea is to use yoga for social activism so by doing yoga retreats in places that aren't traditional retreat locations so often areas that are either you know considered to be post-conflict or you know in a lesser economically developed country and so by taking a group of yogis there we then include per person a three to five hundred dollar tax deductible donation that goes to our partner organization on the ground that's whole purpose is to provide education accommodation scholarships for you know, the incredible um, young women that they've, uh, that they're uh, taking care of to make sure that they have um, a whole new generation of future female leaders. And so it's a really great opportunity to connect with these young women because you wouldn't necessarily, you know, have the chance to otherwise. And we usually do that through a meal, which is such an amazing way to bond or a yoga class or an art project. And you get to see firsthand, you know, how they live, what they like, and, you know, really fortify a strong bond. That's so cool. What an amazing company. And so, for example, Sarah is teaching on your Sri Lanka retreat in April, which may or may not have happened by the time this comes out. What will be like the charitable aspect of that one? 
So, um, Phil was very blessed and very honored to have Sarah on board. Um, all <laughs> Darn, of our, her head's going to explode. <laughs> well, all of our teachers volunteer, which in, including, you know, myself for these, like no one pulls salary because whatever money one would retain for a regular yoga retreat, we then are giving towards these girls' education initiatives on the ground. So, you know, the teachers have to be in alignment and committed and dedicated just to even want to, you know, get involved because it really is an act of SAVA um, or, you know, serving, serving something that's not going to benefit one and, you know, so with that being said, uh, we are supporting the Rosie May Foundation, which is an incredible organization. We actually did an event for them last Thursday and Sarah and I co-taught, which was beautiful. And uh, they support different female empowerment initiatives in Sri Lanka, um, especially helping to give support to, to single moms so that families stay together. Yeah, I was really touched. So last week's winner we had, and listeners, we had this beautiful event at Recenter in Hammersmith and the um, founder of the Rosie May Foundation, Mary, came to the event and gave a little talk. And Jordan had told me, obviously, things about Rosie May Foundation, but it was such a different experience hearing it firsthand from this. Did I tell you this already, by the way? No, I haven't seen you since you did. No, um, by this incredible woman who... Um, and sort of told us the reason she set up the foundation. And I don't think there was a dry eye in the house. It was so heartfelt and emotional and just really puts back the incredible work that Jordan is doing and Soul Jen is doing and all the amazing teachers that are part of it. And just like, wow, it is actually really impactful and it's so incredible. I'm really excited. They have the first fleet of female tuk-tuk drivers and the tuk-tuks are pink and we're going to be using them um, awesome. on, our, on our retreat which I'm really excited about and also doing a cooking class and a yoga class with with some of the students as well so it's really going to be a wonderful experience I can't wait that sounds incredible can you tell us a little bit about Seva for any non-yogi listeners please so Seva means I said that wrong Seva no, no. Seva 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 Seva, Seva tomato Seva. tomato so it means together with or or to serve. So mm-hmm. it's this idea of of doing something that isn't self-serving. So, you know, oftentimes I think when we do an action, it's like, well, well what do I get out of it? And and when we practice Seva, you know, you're not asking for anything in return. It really is a a selfless gesture. I think it's um the word of my of my 2020 because it I mean obviously I'm doing the retreat with Jordan and the last teach training I just did a week or two ago the the word of the training was sever and I've now got a t-shirt with sever which I'm gonna wear all the time Sri Lanka I feel like it keeps on coming up for me so so what would be like some examples of I'm trying to think as in like helping the little old lady across the road about like sever in real life what would be an act of selfless service that I can do tomorrow I mean you teach yoga yeah, but I get paid. Not very much. This is like in Friends when um, Phoebe tries to figure out a what is she trying to do? A non-selfish act. Act. Although, if you're then trying to do it, does that then become self selfish because you're like trying to find something that you can do to make you feel like you've done something? I think if you want accolades, I think if you want accolades or recognition, or that's why I think so many people end up donating anonymously, which I think is really cool and really you know. See, that's a good example because if you 
you know, when you, if you do a donation and then you tell everyone you've done a donation, then it kind of spoils mm. it. Okay. So that answers my question. That's a good mm. example. Donating, but anonymously. So it's not like, Hey, look what I did. Yeah. Okay. I like that. It could be maybe even like carrying your neighbor's mail and it doesn't have to necessarily be like a huge Monetary. gesture, you know, or teaching. It could, you know, if you wanted to teach a donation class for a cause that you care about, I think that's great. If you wanted to, you know, if, if there's um, a homeless person or someone who's disenfranchised, you know, on, on your walk to the tube, you could, you know, get them a coffee or, or a lunch or something, mm-hmm. you know, from, from a little cafe from a cafe um so yeah there we go so there's a lady across the road yeah (laughs) that's what I wanted I wanted some like in life examples yeah yeah great and um how do you connect with the charities around the world that you that you do so it's all through personal connection. I actually taught in Sri Lanka five years ago and had met Mary's son, Lawrence, who is now helping us to um, come up with the whole logistics and tour, which is really exciting. So it's definitely through through that, once again, that personal connection or word of mouth. My really dear friend, uh, Consulate in, in New York, she's on the advisory board of our partner organization, Comera. Uh, so she introduced me to them. Our partner organization in Cambodia, Pon Harry Lee Foundation. I actually lived with her when I did my study abroad program uh, many moons ago. <laughs> and I lived in her guest house and that's where we now do do the retreat. So it's really amazing how that whole experience has come has come full circle. So it's pretty personal interactions with you. I would say so. You know, I'm always open if a friend knows of something or a friend of a friend has an incredible organization that they feel really strongly about. You know, I am always wanting to to learn more. So if anyone has any, let me know. Yeah. Mm. Hit her up. What countries have you done retreats in so far? And has you have has you had? Have you had a firm favorite? Ooh. It would be really obnoxiously diplomatic for me to say they're all my favorites. <laughs> it's hard though because you know each each experience is really unique and really special and really different. Even how we um, organize the itinerary, it really reflects where we are as opposed to trying to you know replicate a prior a prior trip. So you know even if we're going to the same place, it's a completely you know brand new adventure. So the list we have Nicaragua. Peru, Cambodia, the Tibetan Plateau, Sri Lanka, which is coming up, South Africa, Morocco, Rwanda. What God, what a cool list of places. I was trying to work out which way around the globe you were going in your map of (laughs) of doing it. Continents. We've done we've done a lot. We've done a lot now. We've done a lot. Um, and it's usually the same countries, you know, every every single year because my whole thing is about sustainability and that it's a lifelong commitment and a relationship with the partner organizations. And I would never want it to feel like we're only going there because this year it's on trend, which I think very easily, you know, could happen and then it could turn into something really flippant and insincere. And so I'm very dedicated to the organizations that we uh, currently are collaborating with. Do you, have you ever found it hard then because the places aren't like typically hot destinations this, this year? Have you found that that's had any impact on how the retreats sell? Because people aren't like, ooh, I, I hear there's a retreat going to that place that I really want to go to. And then it actually pushes people to be like, I want to do a retreat with Soul Gem because of what they're doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I think 
anytime you launch something in, in a bit of uncharted waters, there's oftentimes fear and trepidation in terms of going to those places, especially if someone is joining us who hasn't had a massive amount of, of global travel or, or experience in that way. And so, yeah, absolutely. I get questions, you know, all the time asking about safety, you know, asking about you know, kind of the day to day, but you really have to have a go of the flow attitude because when you do leave, you know, London or New York or, or LA, it's a bit of a surrender to the universe in terms of things taking longer, you know, delays, you know, and, and really trying to not operate in that same, you know, succinct time managed way. I mean, like we do in London, like we do, yeah, like yeah. We do in London. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's also really essential and really, and really key to actually enjoy the experience. But if you are looking at everything verbatim, then, you know, it's very hard to have any flexibility there. Mm. Your favorite place? Go on. Oh, that's so hard. So as of as of last year, I ended up launching a teacher training program in Rwanda because the first tier of, of soldiering was just to get, you know, people to these countries, financially, you know, support the partner organizations, and then, you know, use yoga somewhat in terms of doing, you know, an, an afternoon or or a couple of, you know, volunteering sessions with, with the girls. But the yoga was really predominantly offered to the retreat participants. Fine. But then my whole thing is, okay, well, that's a great first tier, but we need to build it out. And so um, I ended up developing uh, our on-the-ground teacher training program. So teaching local women how to teach yoga so that they can then use it in their communities, be it for teen moms, be it for primary school students or their friends or their families or themselves, and have it be really adaptive and so that it suits their needs as opposed to trying to mold into some Western ideal of how we do yoga here. Uh, and so that's been really incredible. I was there in February as well and did more teacher training. I taught 40 people in five days, including 25 post-secondary students. So um, young women between 18 and 20. So they have a bit of um, a gap period before they enter university. And by the end of the two-day workshop, each of them could teach a full yoga class from meditation to rest, which was so incredible and so amazing to, to witness. And they each designed their own meditations as well, which was really special. And, and yeah. It was great. I just got goosebumps. How amazing. So yeah, Rwanda's Rwanda's up there right now. I, I love going. I have a lot of amazing friends there. Yeah, it's good. It's a good. Place. What were some challenges in, in doing that teacher training? Like that is such a that is such an incredible and powerful thing to do. Did what was there like a language barrier or yeah, how was that? What language do they speak in Rwanda? They speak Kenya Rwanda. Um yeah, there's always a little bit of a, of a language barrier. There's a couple of words I know, but at the same time is also, I always say to them, I trust you that you will teach this to your heart's content when you, when you speak your language. I, I don't expect them. They're not going to be teaching, you know, most likely in English. And so you can also see the switch when that does happen and how much more confidence that there is. And, you know, it's also about there's another great Sanskrit word. It's called swaha, which means surrender to the sacred fire and just kind of like letting go and saying, you know, it, it's their, it's their version. It's whatever they want to make of it. You know, I think 
the beauty of yoga is that it is so malleable. And I think when we hold on to it so tight, it can be very suffocating and exclusive as opposed to being inclusive and, and open. That's beautiful. I'm wondering what it's like to watch the impact that Soljan's having on these different countries and then like seeing how things change. And do you see a big difference when you go back year to year? I think more so just from the funding that we that we raise, it's opening up even more scholarship opportunities. So we just had our first Cape Town retreat, which was fantastic and amazing. And just from doing one uh, fundraising fundraiser dinner in London and having the retreat participants attend, it then doubled the impact. So for this year, the female empowerment students of La Lala, which is an incredible organization uh, who brings art to townships. And so we did a two-day workshop of art and yoga. And um, my dear friend Jennifer Ellis came and she designed a whole, you know, art program where the where the students designed a life road map and then, you know, figured out their strong suits from it, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so just from that, it, we we ended up doubling the amount of of students that will attend this year. So from 60 to 120, and now the female empowerment student is also going to be in different schools. Wow. That's so cool. Do you go on every single retreat? I try not to. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's not about me leading the retreats. I, I actually don't think that that's productive from my standpoint. I feel like I'm a lot stronger kind of doing the behind the scenes and, and partnership relationships and, and, you know, designing more programming. I really want teachers to get involved. And so I love it when, you know, when different teachers want to get involved and want to lead retreats. I would say at this point, it's a pretty tight crew um, of awesome, amazing, you know, lady yoga teachers from, from Los Angeles to London now. Hot Sarah, Sarah, Sarah yeah, Babs is representing gosh. London. Really <laughs> lowering the bar there. <laughs> so that's really important. And they've all have led, um, multiple retreats. And then from it, you know, we get repeat students as, or repeat retreat participants as well. So now we're looking at people who've attended their third or fourth oh, wow. trip. Yeah. Which is great. Oh, it's so cool. I want to come on your retreat. Oh, I will. Gosh, I will. Come, come to Sri Lanka. What's your favorite aspect of your job? And like, is it is it the charity side and seeing the changes or is it exploring different areas of the country, the country of the world? <laughs> I've always had a bit of wanderlust. So I think, you know, being able to go to these different places and now having really amazing relationships with with different people on the ground who I can say very humbly, you know, deep friendships, uh, has been one of the most rewarding parts of this. And also to how the retreat, and I really hate the word retreat. I think that we need to come up with a better word. That's a whole other like discussion in and of itself. I feel like retreat means like to hide and to kind of isolate and, you know. What's the opposite word to retreat? Attack. No. (laughs) (laughs) I was sure, like, it could be, like, to, like, embrace or surrender yeah. more than retreat. Do you want to come on my embrace? Or my surrender? Yeah, <laughs> sounds a bit, like, sexy. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Embrace sounds nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm leading this embrace this year. Would you like to come on it? <laughs> uh, question. We need to work on that. I think we need a better word. We do need a better word, but that's, like, a whole other, you know, discussion. Um seeing how it's really mutually beneficial because I very much operate from a place of equality as opposed to hierarchy. There's not, I don't use words like saving or helping. Like we're not doing that. We're supporting, we're connecting. It's about creating, you know, 
very much an, an equalized playing field for everyone to have an incredible experience on. And so how men, how often the different women, because mostly women do come on these trips, um, how much they open up and how much they end up growing and and changing and evolving, you know, just by going to a country that maybe was on their bucket list, maybe it wasn't, but really, you know, surrendering to <laughs> to the adventure. And it's not like you just go and you just, you're not having a lovely time. Like the, the way that you plan the embraces, they are really beautiful. And you get to sort of see all walks of life, be with the community and also have fun. Yeah. It's about, you know, also supporting, you know, local businesses. So any opportunity, you know, we have to visit a, an awesome like female cooperative or a local farm, um, you know, something that, um, one of my colleagues said to me, don't pack any of your toiletries, go to a local pharmacy and pick everything up there. And I think that's such a great, um, tidbit because then the money is directly, you know, going to, to the economy and, and to someone's, you know, family. So mm. that's, that's something nice really idea. accessible. Yeah. And that's something that everyone could do just with their holidays. Yeah, no, absolutely. So like little things like that, I do think, you know, really do make a difference. And then, you know, also you never know someone's experience, be it on a yoga mat in a posh studio in London or, you know, visiting a girl's school in in Sri Lanka and I would never want to assume either way about someone's experience as uh, I feel like experience is the operative word for for the podcast but mm-hmm. I would never want to make an assumption based on how someone looks or you know what their you know job is or you know where they come from so I think that's also really important as well and then on the flip side what are some of the biggest challenges that you faced since starting soldier and running all the retreats. Embraces. Embraces. I think the why. About why aren't you doing this in the States? Why are you supporting girls' education abroad? Why should I care? I don't know if it's ever said that direct or why why is why why not boys? Why only why only girls? And the thing is, is I'm one person and this is one endeavor and one charity Sorry. and one, you know, lifelong mission it's maybe someone else's turn to pick up the slack and and embody something in the states or something that supports you know boys education i do think it is important to obviously educate boys and you know that's how we end up uh, also ensuring that you know the treatment of women stays above board but for me personally girls education is where my heart is and that's something i will continue to support for as long as i live <laughs> i can't believe that anyone can have a why like a like a oh yeah like why why would you do that why wouldn't you do boys surely they should just be so respectful that you're doing the work and you're helping people i can't believe that anyone can find fault with that yeah, it's like always feeling like I have to justify myself for this. And then them thinking that I don't have self-care or that other parts of my life are lacking because this is what I do, mm. which is always really interesting to me. Just once again, about these preconceived notions of how you deem someone who who works in, in the charity you know sector. I think people also have that opinion about yoga teachers as well, like they're this um certain type of person and if they deviate away from that then they're not yoga teachers 
Yes. How could they be? Yeah, everyone needs to be a lot nicer. How could they drink alcohol? I was going to say wine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, we don't have dry retreats. You know, it's not about dieting. It's not about dieting. It's not about detoxing. It's not about starving. I'm, I'm not about any of that. I really believe that. If you want to have a drink, you'll have a drink. If you want to have a hike in the morning, you'll have the hike in the morning. If you're too hungover, then so be it. You'll do the next one. You know, you need to live. And part of living is is enjoyment. And I think when we get so rigid in that, once again, things have to look a certain way, I think that's when we get really stuck. And that's when we stop growing. And that's when we, you know, turn off any possibilities to to learn something new about ourselves or the world in which we live in. It's like my dream attitude towards retreats. Yeah. If you want to have a drink, have a drink. If you want to go on the hike, do. It's cool. Yeah. I think this links really well, Jordan, into your healthy habit. Oh, yeah. Doesn't it? It does indeed. Do you remember what you told us? Yes. I think so. (laughs) So many people forget this. I know, they're like, what's a healthy (laughs) habit? (laughs) Okay, my healthy habit is designating one evening a week that is dedicated entirely to you and your self-care. So switching off the phone, running a bath, doing a sheet mask, watching some deliciously, that's also the operative word, it's delicious experience, (laughs) some indulgent Netflix, just doing something that's just completely self-serving which I think we do need to do because I think otherwise we you know I can speaking from personal experience I have ended up you know running ended up running myself ragged and feeling really tired and disillusioned and so I think it's really important to put the fuel back in and especially as all of us in professions where we are constantly giving our energy and time and love to other people and for other people. It's like a massive part for us to make sure we get that time to re-energize, sort our stuff out, sort our shit out, file our nails. And it's, I think it's like, I mean, there was a um, sort of self-love was a massive topic of maybe 2019, 2018. And there was a big backlash of what is self-love and how can like having time to yourself, how does that differ? And I think it, it sort of really changed from person to person and it doesn't matter what it looks like that, that self-care, I don't mean self-love, I mean self-care. Do I? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. They're one and the same. I think, Yeah, you know, I think to actually create the time and space for yourself, you know, watch Clueless don't watch something you know highbrow I mean you can watch something highbrow like watch some like trashy tv put on a hoodie get some Deliveroo and like that's what I like to do yeah you know cuddle yeah. up with the dog if you have a dog <laughs> every day if you don't yeah. both find a dog <laughs> like me find a dog <laughs> when did you do it Snarks? um I actually do this quite regularly and so one of your things as well was dry brushing, which I do every day. Do you? Yeah. What? How did I not know that? I dry brush every day. I have done for years. Yeah. Just before I shower. T- tell people who are like, what is she talking about? Does she not use toothpaste? Because um... <laughs> that sounds grim. Sarah dry brushes her teeth every day. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> so bri- dry, dry brushing. Dry brushing is just, um, you have a wooden brush with some bristles and you brush your body in circular motions upwards towards your heart all over your body just dry skin and then you get in the shower or you can do it whenever really for how like how long would the bod take a couple minutes 
Do you know do your face? No. I think I probably don't do it for as long as you're meant to, but I just sort of like brush everywhere. And what are the per- perceived benefits well, of the dry brushing? S- said benefits are like improved circulation, improves um, skin brightness or something. It's you quite, do look bright today. <laughs> brush you a little lie. extra. It's an Ayurvedic thing as well. Is it? Yeah. And then you dry brush and then you put like a shitload of body oil on and just self-massage you just lube yourself up see I've done Abhyanga what's that Abhyanga is the Ayurvedic name for self-massage with oil okay yeah we did it on yoga training and we did inside our ears and up our noses it's great wow I've never done that oh it's so nice I'm gonna put that into your whole bod and then you do your meditation and then you get in the shower I'm gonna put that into Jordan's healthy habit this week then please massage my ears oh it's really nice And, and your friend's noses yeah. And Sharing is caring. Yeah. You can... Every hole. Yep. Every hole's a goal. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and if there's not one, you can make one. <laughs> so <laughs> Did, um... Serena, did you do it then? I didn't dry brush. No. But I did my Sunday night. Oh, I love my bath nights. I used to hate a bath and I've turned into such a granny and I love it. And I had a bath. I did a face mask and a hair mask and I watched Goop. I watched the Goop documentary while I was in the bath, turned my phone off, had some candles going, some lavender oil, some Epsom salt, nice big cup of tea. Sometimes it's a glass of wine. Sunday it was a cup of tea. And it was heaven. So I'm well on board with this. But I this like really speaks to me because this is kind of what I do for my work with my Reiki and reflexology. It's all about helping people carve out that time for themselves. And I, I treat 99% women um, because... I think that women are are constantly, as like the typical caregivers, family makers, I know that's very traditional and it's not always like that, but traditionally, um, I think that women are, are always giving and always serving other people and like giving, giving, giving their energy and you have to fill up your own cup. Yeah. So I'm, I like love this. This is one of my, one of my favorite meals and one of my favorite healthy <gasps> habits. Yay. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I'm really into it. But the same thing goes, like, I think... I want men to be in, like, our retreats are co-ed. I want men to come. I want men to be involved and a part of the conversation because that's the only way we're going to create, you know, waves of change. And I think the same could be said for self-care. I think more and more men, you know, could should feel comfortable in terms of stepping into, into that uh, position of, of wanting to carve out time that's not playing football, not going to the pub, you know, maybe whatever it looks like for them. So that it's in those, that was also very stereotypical, (laughs) you know, examples, but you know. But I think it goes the other way. Like it doesn't have to be an evening in by yourself. If self-care for you or making time for you is playing sports, like my boyfriend needs that to, to wind down. He needs like that physical thing and like time away from your phone and focusing on thing then yeah whatever it looks like for you no 100 i just want to reference back talking about like turning the spotlight onto men and what they can do um if you haven't listened there's a really nice episode in season one with jack norman which is all about that and it's about how you know we really focus on women and women making the changes and women doing the emotional work and actually we're forgetting that men need that too mm-hmm. so if you haven't listened then listen to season one jack norman yeah mm-hmm. last question jordan where do you want Souljourn to be? Or what's your biggest goal for Souljourn? My biggest goal for Souljourn Yoga, and I hope this, you know, manifests and happens in the next, you know, 
three to five years would be to start opening up some satellite studios in the countries and places that we work with. And so, you know, as amazing as it is to support, you know, girls' education for traditional aspects, you know, be it being a doctor, an engineer, or, or a lawyer, I think oftentimes a lot of us, such as us three, you know, really connected through movement, you know, and I'd majored in journalism and now I, you know, teach yoga and, and have a charity. And so I think, you know, giving the space for for women to to have the role of yoga teacher as their main moneymaker and have it be completely run and operated by them, I think would be incredible. And then also, you know, let's just say you wanted to do a teacher training uh, in, in Sri Lanka or in Cambodia. When you go, then it then covers the scholarship for someone local to go as well. So then you do the teacher training, you know, side by side. So that's a dream. Knock on wood. That, that sounds amazing. What a brilliant goal. Yeah. How cool would that be? Well done. Thank you. I can see it looking into my crystal ball. I reckon <laughs> next year. <laughs> the first one next year. Yeah, we'll start manifesting. Teacher trainings, you know. Yeah. So if you host teacher trainings around the world, get in touch with Jordan. Yes, please. Maybe you can collab on something. Jordan, thank you so, so much. Thank you both so, so much. This was such a great afternoon. It's been delicious and fantastic and thanks for tolerating my SoCal accent I really appreciate it <laughs> I love your accent yeah. so much it's really soothing to I sound to. like Cher from Clueless Clueless is one of my favorite movies of all time so any opportunity I can reference it I will <laughs> thank you so much thank Jordan. You, Jordan bye, bye. Thank you so much, Jordan, for joining us. Please do go and check out the amazing work Souljourn has been doing globally so far and do keep the retreats on your radar for when we can all bring even more community back into the world. We know you're going to want the recipes for this one. So you can find them over on our Instagram page at Kitchen Club Podcast. And please do keep tagging us in your pictures. We absolutely love seeing you making all the recipes. We're going to pop Jordan's details in the show notes so that you can check her out as well. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We are sending big love to you all. Bye. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.